Lovely to see you all here. Uh, my name's Neil Turton, in case you don't know me. And uh, I do hope over the course of the next um, two or three hours, no, the next hour or so, uh, I know there's some children got other things to get on to. Um, I do hope you'll enjoy this time together and uh, have a chance just to step back from all the preparations and forget about those um, presents you haven't wrapped yet or uh, the food you haven't quite yet prepared. And let's just focus on what Christmas is all about. Now, some of you may know that um, I've recently been over to um, Senegal, and um, it's very different over there. Um, not least the weather is quite different from what it is here. Um, but one of the things you notice is that um, you wouldn't know it was Christmas over there. It's a Muslim country, and, um, and so you walk down the street, no lights, nothing. Um, if you went into the home of somebody who is a Christian, you might see a little artificial tree in the corner. Um, but apart from that you wouldn't know it's Christmas. Which on the one hand is actually not a bad thing because you get away from all the commercial hype that goes on here. But on the other hand, it's quite sad that the most important event in all of history um, is being ignored. Well, we um, can't uh, miss uh, Christmas here. Can we? There's all sorts of things that we do to make it clear that Christmas is happening with our various traditions. Um, strange things we do at Christmas. One of them is on the screen behind me. We eat strange food, don't we, which we wouldn't eat at other times of the year. Turkeys. Do you know who first had a turkey in this country? Um, who brought it into to this country? Henry VIII, apparently. There you go, it goes back a few years, Henry VIII had turkey. Um, in other countries, they might eat something different. Um, we do turkeys and funny sauces, cranberry sauce, bread sauce. We do a funny Christmas pudding thing. Strange things we do at Christmas. What other things do we have? We have Christmas trees. Why do we do Christmas trees? Where do they come from? Well, apparently it's the Germans who did Christmas trees first. Are any Germans here tonight? I don't know. Um, but uh, they even wrote songs about them. O Tannenbaum, O Tannenbaum. Um, but um, Prince Albert, he was the one who brought the Christmas tree to this country, 19th century. Um, after that, it took off. What else do we have at Christmas? Stockings. Anybody got their stockings up yet? Have you? Yeah? You hopeful? You might be full tomorrow morning? Where did stockings come from? I don't know where stockings came from, but um, there you go. Another strange tradition that we have at Christmas. But probably the most strange one, the cracker, the Christmas cracker. More about that in a minute. But if we were to take away all those traditions, actually it wouldn't really matter, would it? Because we'd still have Christmas. We'd still celebrate Christmas being the birth of Jesus Christ. But I'm going to use one of those little traditions just to help us remember what Christmas is all about. It's going to be the cracker. I do need somebody to come up the front and pull a cracker with me. Somebody feeling quite strong. Come on, up you come. Right, if you pull the other end, grab hold of it. Who do you think is going to get the biggest part of the cracker? You or me? Me, you think? Well, let's see, shall we? Pull really hard. Don't go flying off the stage. But um, here we go, after three, one, two, three. <laughs> really hard, really hard. One, two, three. Way! Well done. Now, what have, you, what have we got in the cracker? Sorry? It's a little gift. I might give you that at the end if you're good. Uh, it looks like a little photo album. That's not bad, is it? What else do we have? We have... A crown, 
always good to have a crown and a cracker. And um, anything else in here? What else do we normally get on a cracker? A joke. Well, I'm not going to disappoint you. We do have a joke. Well, we're going to hear a bit more about those things in a minute. This reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Thanks, Elizabeth. So let's come back to the cracker. We've got the the crown, we've got the gift, and we've got the joke. Do you want to know what the joke is? What fish leaves footprints on the seabed? A soul. I guess that was the usual reaction, bit of uh, groaning. Um, anybody know any better jokes? Better jokes, anybody? No? Let me give you a couple then. What do you get if you cross Santa with a duck? Christmas quacker, yes. Uh, what, why does Santa have three gardens? So he can ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Well, what has this got to do with, with Christmas, the joke? Well, a lot of people think Jesus is a joke, sadly enough. Nice little story of a baby born in a manger which children can act out in their nativity plays each year. Maybe there was a guy called Jesus who was around, but doesn't really mean anything to them. Well, the thing is, the Bible is not um, a fairy tale. Um, The book of Luke, which Elizabeth just read from, starts um, with these words. This is the author, Luke, uh, who wrote the book of Luke, surprisingly enough. Um, this um, This is what he said. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So before writing his account of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, he checked out the details. Uh, The Bible contains historical facts. In the reading we had, there were details of times, places, and people. This is what it said. It said, um, in those days, Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus was a real Roman emperor. Uh, the nephew, an adopted son of Julius Caesar, uh, reigned for over 40 years. So he was the one reigning at the time Jesus was born. Um, says he issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their town to register. 
And we still have censuses in this country. Every 10 years we have a census. It goes back to Roman times. Census comes from the Latin uh, to estimate. And then it carries on. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Real people. Uh, these are real places that still exist today. So people may say that to, to believe in Jesus means somehow putting aside all your, your rational faculties. But belief in Jesus is based on facts. Um, that he really did live at a specific time in history, did amazing miracles that eyewitnesses have recorded. He really did die and come back to life. And these events all happened, just as God promised, hundreds of years before that, through the prophets. Um, the prophets said God would send the Messiah through the line of Abraham and David, that he'd be born in Bethlehem to a virgin who would name him Emmanuel which means God with us. And exactly, happened exactly as he said. How was it that God uh, could arrange everything to happen just like that? Well, because he's God. Because he's in control of everything. So who was Jesus? Well, we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, who Jesus was, this baby who was born, um, as we come on to the, uh, the crown. Our reading continues in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Then the angels had left them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in, in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard which were just as they had been told. Thanks, Charles. So we've looked at the joke and said Jesus actually was a real person. Now we come on to the crown. What has this got to do with Jesus? Well, who would normally wear a crown? Who would wear a crown, guys? What sort of person would wear a crown? Yeah? A king or a queen. That's right, a king or a queen, a ruler of a country. Um... But Jesus was born as a king. Um, The news that the angels gave the shepherds that night was this. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now that word Messiah means king, anointed king. A king especially chosen by God to rule over his kingdom. 
Now, the thing is, in this world, everybody wants to be king. If you're watching Strictly, uh, last uh, Saturday night, was it last Saturday, um, all the finalists were vying to be the new dancing queen. Don't know if the favourite one you were wanting to win, but um, um, then we had uh, sportsmen and women vying to be sports personality of the year, to be crowned king of sport. We've now got lots of speculation about who's going to be the next king at Manchester United. I'm sure you'll have your own ideas. Tottenham fans might be a little bit worried. There's also speculation about who's going to be the next Prime Minister of our country. But it's not just about these top positions, is it? Because not everybody wants to be a leader. Um, But everybody wants to be king of their own life. No one wants people to tell them what to do. Everybody wants to have the crown on their head. Now, if this um, world just happens uh, to come into existence um, quite randomly, then that would be fair enough, really, wouldn't it? But if this world and all that is in it, including every one of us here this evening, was designed and made by God, then that changes things a bit, doesn't it? Let's face it, the world does have God's fingerprints uh, all over it. Just look at the detail, the complexity of the human body, of each living creature, of each plant, the beauty and, and variety of the world around us, its amazing natural resources. The fact that the sun and moon have been arranged so precisely to sustain life, that the surface temperature of the sun and the distance from the earth is just right. Now, if God did do all that, if he did make all this, then that changes things. Because instead of living to, to work, to play, to eat, to sleep, and eventually to die, we're made for something much bigger. To live with God as king of our lives. To know him, to love him, to serve him. He is king of a kingdom that crosses time and space. A kingdom that will keep going forever after this world has come to an end. And his people are all those who want to follow him as their king. And he's a great king to serve because as we will see, he's the king who's come to serve us. He's not just in it for himself. And we'll look at how he did that in a minute. But uh, we're going to sing again. Um, our shepherds watched and then um, we'll have another reading. Let's pray. Lord, as we have just heard about this holy night, we want to respond to you in praise. Thank you, God, for sending your son to live a perfect life and to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you that Jesus rose from the dead, defeating sin, and that at Christmas we can celebrate the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Help us to spread the good news and share in our joy the gift of eternal life. Lord, you are our wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. You are the true King. Remind us to put you at the centre of our celebrations. We are sorry for when we try to be the King of our own lives. We are sorry that we often do things in our own strength and forget why Jesus was sent into our world. Forgive us for when we are selfish and fail to look up to you. We are sorry for when we don't mirror the unconditional love that you have for us to the people around us. 
Help us to have a heart for those whom Christmas is hard. We pray for the ill, the grieving and the lonely this Christmas. May the peace that only comes from you surround them. And may this Christmas be a time of healing, giving and sharing. We hold before you those who are homeless and ask that you bless the people who work to provide for them. We also remember our brothers and sisters who are persecuted because of their faith in you and pray that you would renew their strength and fill them with hope this Christmas. We pray all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, Matthew 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star, it rose, and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. Thanks very much, Jacob. Well, so far we've looked at the, um, the joke and said that actually Jesus was not a joke. He was a real person. We've looked at the crown and said Jesus actually is the real king. We're not kings of or queens of our own lives. But let's come on to the gift the little photo album. Hopefully you'll be getting something a little bit um, better than that. Maybe tomorrow as you open your presents, uh, maybe you're satisfied with that. Um, I'll let you have it afterwards. What are you hoping for for Christmas? Anybody hoping for something nice? Anybody hoping for one of these things maybe? I bought, ooh, saying, oh, I wish I'd asked for that. What about... One of those, a Spider-Man super laser gun thing. (laughs) Yeah. Battles at home with your brothers and sisters. Or uh, the ultimate slime kiss. No? No, it doesn't appeal to you. No. No. Zara Corn, anybody like that? Yeah, yeah, Zara Corn. Well, if you do get one of those things, come and show us tomorrow morning. Uh, Hopefully you won't be disappointed. Um, It's lovely, isn't it, to give and to receive gifts at Christmas time. But if we're looking for those things themselves to give us 
satisfaction, then we're going to be disappointed, aren't we? However expensive they are, however much you've set your heart on getting this one thing, they're not going to provide long-term satisfaction. The best thing about the gift is actually not the gift itself. It's the giver, isn't it? It's about the relationship you have with the one who's giving you that gift. The fact they actually love you enough to want to give you a gift. We're going to watch a short video now about um, our granddad and his granddaughter. And uh, it shows what it's like when we forget this truth, that actually is more important, our relationship with the giver, than the gift itself. Well, as we saw in the video, the, um, the granddad went to great efforts, didn't he, to show his love for his granddaughter. Um, but she wasn't interested. You know, she was pleased when he made our lovely breakfast, uh, but after it was all finished, she, she was off. She wasn't interested in hanging around. And she caught sight of the gift that uh, he'd uh, got her for Christmas and um, just wanted to use it now. She couldn't wait. She was uh, impatient and ended up losing it. And in the process, she realized that, um, that actually the skateboard wasn't the, the most important thing. It was the love of her granddad, that she was a precious child to him. And it's the same with God. That we can take all the things that this world has to offer, we can, we can enjoy them. But if we don't acknowledge that everything actually comes from him in the first place, then what's it going to be like when we meet him face to face one day. The greatest gift that God has given us is not a thing. It's actually a person. It's the gift of his son. His son was born as a baby on Christmas Day as we're celebrating. And he grew up to be a man. The one day he would give his life so that we can have our sins forgiven, so that we can have a relationship with God himself. The Bible says this. We've got a verse coming up on the screen. It comes from John chapter 3, verse 16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is the good news of Christmas. That is the great gift of Christmas. Jesus is the real gift. As we put our trust in him as our saviour, as we follow him as our king, we are promised that one day we will go to be with him forever. So when you pull your crackers this Christmas, hopefully you'll uh, do better than I did, um, as you read out your jokes, hopefully they'll be funnier than the one I had, as you wear the crown, hopefully it'll fit better than the one I had. Um, as you enjoy all the gifts, let me ask you the question, what will you do with the most precious gift will you carry on being king of your own life enjoying all the gifts but not the giver or will you submit your life to to jesus to his loving rule and enjoy him as your king forever let's pray father god we do thank you for the joy of giving gifts at Christmas time, of expressing our love as we give presents to one another. And we thank you that you showed your love for us through the gift of your Son. 
Thank you that he came to reconcile us to you. That we can enjoy a relationship with you. And so we do pray that you'd help us this Christmas time. Help us to believe in Jesus as our saviour. Help us to be willing to follow him as our king. And to enjoy the promise that you've given us that we won't perish but we will have eternal life. We thank you for that precious gift. In Jesus' name. Amen. And also just to say that in January, over three evenings, if you'd like to know a little bit more about um, uh, the Christian faith, we've got a course called Just Looking, uh, three Tuesday evenings in January. Um, you're very welcome to come and join us for that. Um, just let us know beforehand or turn up at the door. Either way, it'd be great to see you. So have a good uh, Christmas Eve and uh, happy Christmas to you all. Goodbye.